Welcome to this Veterinary Evidence Student Awards podcast from RCVS Knowledge. Veterinary Evidence is an online, open access, peer-reviewed veterinary journal. The annual Veterinary Evidence Student Awards are open to all undergraduate students from around the world studying any veterinary-related degree. Not only could you be published in a peer-reviewed veterinary journal and make a personal contribution to the evidence base, but you could also win one of three cash prizes. To find out more, visit rcvsknowledge.org forward slash student awards. Welcome to this podcast. We are so lucky to have three really bright and talented young women with us today who have all been awarded a student award for a knowledge summary that they sent into veterinary evidence. But before we get going, hearing from our successful winners of the student awards, I'd just like to introduce myself. I'm Kit Sturgis. I'm a vet and have been in practice now for over 35 years, but I also have the pleasure of being editor-in-chief of Veterinary Evidence. Hi, so my name's Alex and I'm a fourth year vet student at the RVC in London and I'm really interested in research, which is why I entered the competition, but like my main clinical interests are in farm medicine, which is what my knowledge summary was about. Thank you. Hello, um, yeah, so I'm Ellie. I was a final year veterinary student at the University of Bristol. Um, I graduated this summer, so I'm currently working at veterinary practice in Bath, small animal hospital, um, which is great. But I, I, again, like Alex, I'm really super interested in research, which is why I entered the competition and I'm going to take up a research post in the new year um, at the University of Bristol. Um, so I'm super excited about that as well to carry on my research. Hello, I'm Erina from the University of Sydney in Australia. I'm a final year vet student. Um, I've got one more week to go before I'm finishing up, which is fantastic. Um, And my primary interest is in feline medicine and behaviour. So that's why I chose to put my topic on um, feline sort of focus. And I'm I'm really excited about sort of going into small animal practice and hopefully pursuing a bit more into uh, feline specialisation one day. Thank you. So I guess the place to start, and uh, again, if we, uh, Alex, you already started, exactly what motivated you to take part? Because it's on top of your studies, it's quite a thing to then decide to write a paper and, and submit it for peer review. The main thing that motivated me is probably a bit different to everyone else, because I intercalated in between my second year and my third year. And I discovered then that I really enjoyed research. But my intercalated research project was cut really short because of COVID and like I could only do half of my work and I was really disappointed about that. So I was trying to look for ways to kind of still be involved with research, even though I couldn't be like in the lab like I had been. And I saw this competition advertised and I thought it'd be a really good way to kind of keep having a go at research and trying to improve my skills and trying to improve my scientific writing skills to kind of make up a bit for the fact that my intercalated research had been cut really short and then it took me a little while to find a topic but once I did then it was really enjoyable and it like it was more work on top of the vet course as well but because I'm quite interested in research myself then it was kind of nice to do something that was a bit different from the clinical lectures so I quite enjoyed that side of it actually. And Alex what was your uh, knowledge summary covering? It was looking into the use of NSAIDs in calf castration to see if they're effective at reducing signs of post-op pain because 
in the UK, we can legally castrate calves up to eight weeks old without any NSAIDs or anesthesia or anything at all, which isn't really best practice. But I was hoping that if I could add some evidence saying that NSAIDs do help reduce signs of pain, then hopefully that can improve welfare a little bit going forward. Thank you, Alex. And moving on to Ellie. Similar to Alex, really, I um, also intercalated and that's when I sort of fell in love with research and just because getting the opportunity to do research projects and everything, it made me realise how important it is to have more veterinary research out there. So when I saw the competition and, and learned a bit more about knowledge summaries, I thought, well, that's something that I really want to try and get involved in. I'm quite interested in exotic animals. So I did my master's in uh, exotic animals and, and wildlife conservation and things. And that's when I sort of learned a bit more about how it, I suppose exotic animals, it's quite hard to know when they're in pain and um, so that's why I chose to focus my knowledge summary on rabbits and post-operative pain relief in rabbits because I think that's something that as a prey animal it's really hard to to know whether we've given them adequate pain relief there's not much published literature out there on the actual dose of medicines that we should be using so I thought well that's a, like a great way of sort of combining my love for research and wanting to contribute to the sort of growing knowledge base I suppose and making a difference it's sort of a type of research that you can make a difference in practice today rather than when you do normal research you publish it then you have to wait if you do create a new drug or come up with a new idea there's a lot of loopholes to sort of jump through before it's actually implemented in clinical practice so a knowledge summary I thought was a great way of sort of making a difference to clinical practice now. Thank you Ellie and Irina if you could cover the same area but also just a little bit about whether you were surprised by how much information was out there or perhaps by how little information was out there? Yeah, certainly. My interaction with the competition was actually sort of a bit of a happy coincidence. I didn't know anything about it when I started the research project because the project was part of the sort of the capstone research experience uh, as part of the third year of the DVM at the university. So, you know, essentially every year and a half, every student executes a research product and produces a paper that's submitted for assignment. And while publication isn't required for the purpose of the assignment, it's strongly sort of encouraged. And I always sort of wanted to, to publish a paper. And, and so instead of seeing, you know, just sort of how my paper went and then deciding at the end, I sort of started the whole endeavor with the assumption that I was going to attempt public which meant that I intended to write the paper from the get-go using, you know, the format and referencing requirements of my targeted journal, which was veterinary evidence, because I knew I wanted to do a, a knowledge summary. And unlike a lot of other journals, you know, veterinary evidence really likes publishing knowledge summaries. So I, I sort of started from the get-go using the templates and everything like that. And then you know, towards the end of the whole process, my academic advisor comes to me and says, oh, look, there's, they're doing this competition and all the entrants get considered for publication anyway. So you might as well just do it this way. And I was like, oh, all right. So <laughs> that's how I came to learn about the competition and submit. And I guess the rest is history. And in terms of, you know, the evidence that I encountered with regards to my topic, which is about the efficacy of Emla cream in reducing pain associated with venipuncture in cats. I think I was actually generally surprised by how much I found. I was sort of expecting maybe one or two 
good papers and I probably found about seven that were that were sort of generally on the topic and, and of those about four of them really sort of um, answered my clinical question and in terms of the you know the strength of the evidence it was it was fairly good as well which I was very pleased about but of course there's always room for improvement and you know obviously that's something that I got to explore in my knowledge summary which was really really good. Thank you. And it's very interesting that all of you focused on pain. I mean, clearly that's a subject that has is evolving very fast. 10, 15 years ago, our, our pain relief was probably really pretty poor. Most vets were not using much by the way of opiates or other drugs. So it's really great to feel that the next generation of enthusiastic vets have got pain at, at the foremost of their mind and, and we can do a bet, better job. So that's fantastic. I guess the hardest thing sometimes with a paper is the peer review process because it's hard to get somebody you've never seen, never met, who then starts to, you think you've written the paper the best the way that you can and then somebody just, you have sheets of comments or lines of comments. So it'd be really great if we could get a little bit of feedback of how you cope with that because it's not probably something where most people are hugely used to i mean they get a few comments perhaps from supervisors but they're not in the length or the depth that you'll get with peer review so if we start with erina if you, what how did you feel about the peer review was it daunting was it demoralizing or was it really helpful in terms of feeling you then got a better publication out of it i actually really enjoyed the peer review process i was expecting it to be much much scarier than it than it was I was you know as you said I was expecting you know someone to tear my paper to shreds and find all the you know little cracks and just really sort of <laughs> take a big bite out of it but I actually found the comments to be very reasonable and the critique was very much you know it was feedback it wasn't attacking in in any way which you know part of me sort of expected it to be really harsh but you know it was it was all to better the paper and I found that all of the comments were extremely useful in making improvements um, and I was while I was really nervous that I was going to have to change large swaths of my paper I actually found that many of the changes were very easy to make. For the most part, I had a very good experience with the peer review process. Um, and it was, you know, because it was for an assignment anyway, I was getting feedback for it. And so I was kind of in that mindset of expecting the, the comments. So I guess for that part, I was I was a bit prepared for, for that. But yeah, in general, I, I thought it was really, really good. And Ellie, how did you find the process? Pretty similar, to be honest. I really enjoyed it. I didn't have any sort of, I suppose, guidance. I sort of just did this as a as a kind of, yeah, okay, well, we'll have a go at writing a knowledge summary. I want to I wanna do some research and we'll see how it goes. So again, I was really expecting like it to just be completely torn to shreds. Um, but actually, yeah, it was very, very constructive criticism. And some of the changes were bigger than others and it helped me think about stuff that maybe I hadn't considered including, like expanding on, on stuff in the sort of conclusion and going into a little bit more detail that I hadn't gone into. So that was really, really helpful. And I felt that it produced a much better paper um, after having gone through everyone's comments than the first sort of draft. So yeah, it was really helpful. Thank you. And Alex, how did you find the peer review process? Kind of similar to what everyone else said, really. I think I was a lot more nervous for it than I needed to be. Like after I'd submitted my paper and when I was waiting to get the 
comments back from the reviewers like I'd refresh the page every few days and I'd be like really nervous to see if people had uploaded something and then I remember when I when I got my first review uploaded I was really nervous to open it because I was worried that um the comments might be like ripping my paper apart but the comments were all really constructive and everyone was just quite nice in their comments as well they were just quite complimentary which is quite nice because obviously I put a lot of work into it so it was nice that people could see that I tried really hard and some changes were a bit bigger than others and like I had to rerun a couple of searches but on the whole it it was all quite manageable because I was on EMS at the time when I had to get my revision sent back and I was revising for exams as well so when I first got it I was kind of like oh my goodness I've got a lot on at the moment don't know if I've got the time to do this but by the time I sat down to do it it actually wasn't that much and the suggestions I'd made were all like really good suggestions especially stuff about analysing stats a bit more because I'm not very good at stats and they'd suggested that I should be sort of looking into confidence intervals and things to say how strong my evidence was a bit more and I think that had that did really add to the paper and now it means that's quite useful for the rest of my course as well because now I understand stats a bit more than I would have if I hadn't had a reviewer say to me oh hey you could do a bit more work on your stats there so yeah overall it was a really positive process. Thank you. I guess for me personally, often the hardest thing to do any piece of work is starting. So I wondered whether any of you had some hints and tips for people who might follow in your footsteps about the way you tackle actually beginning a project. So if Ellie, if you could give us your thoughts on that, that would be great. I would honestly say just start it because I um denied about it for ages I was like oh shall I but then they won't want something from me because I'm just a student they'd want something from like a qualified vet so like I'm not going to bother with that um, and then I thought oh no actually I'm really interested in this and I just eventually sent an email like it said on the website and said I'm going to write one on this clinical query and just sent it and I thought right well that's the hard bit out of the way now I can actually just sort of focus on enjoying the research and I thought it's kind of a bit of accountability as well it kind of sets you on like you've said that you're going to do this so you you can do it by yourself and um, so yeah I'd just say just start it just jump in and do it <laughs> if you're passionate about it. Erin how did you how do you get started on a piece of work? I think I think it starts with the passion for the topic you know thinking about something what do I want to learn what do I you know want to know and then from that beginning, just building that clinical query, because it all it all sort of starts with that. It's the question that you want answered, you know. So I really wanted to know, for example, can we improve the experience of cats undergoing this extremely routine, you know, very common procedure? Can we, can we make that better? And then from that qu- clinical query, it all just sort of unfolds before you, you know, particularly with the RCVS evidence, if you, if you, you know, if you're starting research there, like they've got all these great templates and everything like that. And it's just the road is paved for you, you know. So I think if once you've got that, you start with the passion for, for a particular topic, for a particular question. And then once you've sort of formulated it, the, the steps are there and you just, you just go, you know. And Alex, how, what, what are your tips and tricks or ways to get going? Um, kind of similar to how Erin said, um, I knew I wanted to do something to do with farm animal welfare because that's kind of what I'm quite interested in. So I started off looking at the questions that were already like available on the website that hadn't been answered yet. Um, then I kind of had to have a bit of a think 
um and then like really it was kind of like how Erin said I just thought about what would I be interested in seeing improved in practice and I thought that pain relief especially in farm medicine isn't perhaps as used as it could be and castration is obviously undoubtedly really painful and like I said earlier I just thought if I could find meaningful evidence that we can do something to improve pain associated with castration then that would be really good and then maybe that could be sort of the first step to improving it even more so that we do start to use local anaesthetics more because they're a bit more difficult to use than NSAIDs at the moment because you've got to wait for them to kick in and everything so maybe if we could start getting farmers using NSAIDs more then maybe the next step would be to use local when we castrate so I thought that would kind of really improve welfare then because I was quite interested in that that kind of gave me the motivation to do the whole project because that was like a change that I really wanted to see in practice. Thank you for that. Very useful thoughts and tips from all of you. I guess the other thing that helps all of us is when we feel we have support. And I just uh, was wondering how each of you felt what support you got from your academic institutions or other mentors or um, the journal in general, the journal staff, um, particularly perhaps with things like setting up the search which is again a, a bit of a hurdle to get going on on a knowledge summary so how was the support for you Alex? I think I sent a lot of questions to I think it was Jennifer in the beginning because I had questions about everything she was really helpful always replied really quickly and never made me feel stupid for asking what I thought were really really stupid questions because I'd never done anything like this before so I didn't really know where to begin that was really helpful. The library team were great because there are a couple of papers that I couldn't access through my institution and they accessed them for me for free, which was really, really kind of them. And then I think I emailed my draft to my tutor at uni to see like if he had any thoughts just about like how it flowed and everything and sort of the grammar and if it made sense to somebody who wasn't me. So that was quite good to get like another pair of eyes having a look at it. So I'd say like you kind of get as much support as you ask for like if you ask for help then you will be given help and you will be supported but obviously if you don't ask then people won't know that you're struggling but if you are struggling then you'll definitely get like kind of as much help as you need really. That's really important I message I think to get out there is that if you need support ask for it because there are always people out there who are more than willing to help new younger members of the profession move forward so that's a great piece of advice. Ellie, how did you find the support process or did you perhaps you didn't need any support? You just zoomed through. <laughs> no, um, no, I, to be fair, I did. Um, I did do it mostly on my own. I didn't. I asked. I think it was Claire, the library team and um, was really helpful with helping me start my search off and um, to start with, because that was one thing that I'd struggled with. Everyone on the library team was great. Um, my dad was also really helpful <laughs> reading my draft because <laughs> um, I sort of, yeah, wrote it just in, in lockdown. So yeah, he was great at reading my draft. He's not a vet or anything, but told me whether it made sense and things, which was great. Um, but yeah, no, everyone was quite helpful. Um, again, I'd stress that if you do need help, ask, because um, whenever I did have a, a, a question, or even if it was a tiny one, like the system and which button do I press, everyone at the RCVS team was really, really, really helpful. So yeah. Thank you. And Erina, how was the support for you? Uh, you did mention that it's part of your coursework, so I guess that was a bit more structure, perhaps, the support? Yeah, you're exactly right. So, you know, we 
because it was an assignment we had, it was all sort of broken down into milestones that we had to sort of achieve and submit our drafts for actually the, the university to assess as well. And the way that they sort of like to do it is that each student teams up with a member of the academia from the university. And it doesn't have to be from the veterinary school. It can kind of be from, you know, the general the school of science and things as well. But I was extremely fortunate to to have the, the fantastic Dr. Anne Quain, who does a lot of work in animal welfare um, as my academic advisor. And, you know, she was essentially the, the backboard against which I could pitch my ideas and, and really help me shape out, you know, the beginning, like I said, with my topic and my clinical query. And then from there, she was essentially there to just sort of <laughs> keep me on track, which was extremely valuable because we had a timeline to, to stick to. And, you know, there are parts of the process that take longer than others or take longer than you expect they're going to take, I suppose. So she was there like as my personal motivator, which was excellent. She got to read all my drafts and, and give me feedback throughout the process, which I, I really appreciate. And of course, as I mentioned, she was the one who pointed out the competition to me um, as well. So uh, if it weren't for her, I, there's no way I would be here because I certainly wouldn't have had the courage to submit something uh, without her, you know, her support. That's great. Thank you. One of the things I suppose really interests me is what have you all learned from doing it? Not just about the subject, which I'm sure all of you feel you, you, you're much more knowledgeable about that, that area of veterinary medicine, but learnt about yourselves, about your learning styles, about how to write a paper. And so if Ellie, if you can give us some thoughts on, on what you've learned, that would be great. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I definitely learned a lot about the research process and the peer review process and being on sort of the other side of the peer review process of being part of the publication, uh, like sending your uh, paper in for publication and how, how feedback and things work. Um, I also learned a lot about sort of time management and it was very self-motivated, this knowledge summary. I wrote it actually during the April 2020 lockdown, almost two years ago now. But yeah, so it was very much, I was sort of at home, not at vet school and was like, okay, I'm going to use my time to write this knowledge summary. So finding that structure in my day and I learned a lot about sort of time management there and also how to deal with the challenges that I came across and that research doesn't always go to plan. So I eventually, because I wrote it so long ago, by the time I'd submitted it and it had been through the first two rounds of peer review, I think the search had expired. So I had to run it all again and sort of start again because it had been over six months. So just like finding the motivation to just stick with it, manage your time and overcome the challenges, I think were three big ones for me. Thank you. Erina, how about you? What have you learned? I think my greatest gain from the experience was the time spent honing and, and challenging my own critical analysis skills because I suppose that's sort of the, the heart of the you know the whole process is is taking the evidence that exists and going okay what's good and what's not good about this and you know let's let's pick it apart and, and and I'm really glad of that because I see so much value in that you know I don't I don't necessarily plan to be a researcher going forward I probably plan to be more in clinical practice but those skills are so valuable because it means that when I come across a question in my clinical practice I can go and look at other knowledge summaries or at other original evidence and I feel like now I'm much more confident in my ability to look at that and say is this quality evidence? Can I use these findings and apply them to what I'm doing right now? So I think that 
in of itself is such a prize to have won because it, it means that I'm going to be hopefully a better practitioner for it. And, and as well as that, I think understand by doing the process myself, I have a much greater understanding of the merits of peer-reviewed research. And I have a, a lot of appreciation now for knowledge uh, knowledge summaries. So I, I will certainly be utilizing those more in the future for my evidence-based practice as well. That's that's great to hear and, and, and great that you feel you can carry this knowledge through. It's transferable knowledge to other areas of your clinical practice because that's a win, double win really. You've gained a lot and you gain for the future. Alex, what have you learned from the experience? I think kind of similar things to what everyone else has said. I think a big thing for me was being able to practice scientific writing and sort of critical analysis of literature, because that's something that I'd struggled with a little bit in the past, where I'd kind of thought that I was better at it than I was. So then I'd done sort of like coursework assignments and realised that actually I could do with a bit of work in that area. So entering the competition and getting published really boosted my confidence that if I put my mind to it, I actually could improve in that. And that's been really gratifying because it's just like it's it's really nice when you work really hard at something and then you see that you get better at it. So that's been really nice. And I think time management was a big one as well because I was doing this during term time. I think I started in the summer holidays maybe and then carried on during term time when I was in full time lectures with practicals and stuff as well. So trying to manage my time so that I was doing enough work on my paper and keeping up with uni was a bit tricky at times but that was a really good skill to learn and then like I said earlier when I was doing the revisions as well I was also revising for my end of year exams and on EMS so that was quite a lot to juggle but I think time management is such a valuable skill especially as a vet and in a research position as well that's definitely a transferable skill going forward so all in all it's definitely been a really useful thing to have done like for my future career as well as just sort of for being a student as well. Excellent. That's that's really good again to know that that it does more than just produce a paper in in the literature. So for me, always the sixty four thousand dollar question is: Have you been put off writing papers forever, or would you, if you saw, for example, a really interesting case in practice, would you feel now much better equipped to write that up and and feel confident and competent to present it to a a journal for peer review? So. Ellie, would you write another paper? 110% yes. Um, the peer review process was really, really, really useful. And a bit like Alex said, it really boosted my confidence. Um, it has not scared me away. No, I would strongly recommend it, getting involved in research to anyone. I just get super excited about it. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely do it again. And have you got any current thoughts about the next topic that you might think about? Yeah, so I'm doing quite a bit of research at the moment on antibiotic resistance and developing new antibiotics because obviously that's a huge problem in the veterinary profession. Um, so I've been sort of doing a bit of work starting, started a few years ago now on my master's, but I've kind of carried it on. Um, so that's the next and that's what my research position is on um, next year as well. So that will probably be the next few papers, if if any papers, <laughs> hopefully, fingers crossed, <laughs> um, will come from yet yeah, developing new antibiotics. That's great clearly an area we, we need more therapeutic options in our armory. So Erina, are we going to see your name in, in the publication lights again in the future? I, I never thought 
thought that I would really be interested in, in publishing more, but having done this experience, I could definitely see the potential to, to write some more papers. In particular, I think it would probably be sort of a more in clinical situation, you know, if I came across something really interesting or if I had the opportunity to run a clinical trial myself. In particular, the research that I've done has and the, the response that I got from the paper has really raised some, some new questions for me, such as what, what is the minimum time you can leave Emla cream on to get a response? You know, that, that wasn't really something that was explored in the papers that I, that I looked at. What I looked at was at these times, is it effective? Um, you know, so I feel like if I, if I end up sort of going forward with, you know, pursuing specialization, perhaps I understand there is a research component in that process. Um, so, you know, these are some of the, the ideas I've got swimming in the back of my mind for potential topics when I sort of get to that bridge. Um, and in general, in terms of what I learned from this experience and whether or not I'd, I'd recommend it to others, I feel that at the worst, you learn something yourself. And at the best, you get to give something to the rest of the industry that's valuable. So there's really no downside to just trying because you get to improve your own skills. And then if you get published, you get to, you know, improve the industry and, and, and how we practice, which is just excellent. Thank you, Erin. Your, your enthusiasm is infectious, I think. And I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head of, of any research project, it ends up with more questions that you never thought we needed to know the answer to. But once you've done a bit, you see all the other areas that we need to develop knowledge um, to, to be able to perform our, our roles better and support the welfare of, of animals. So that's really exciting to feel that. And, and, and that means that research was never ending. There'll always be, it's almost expands exponentially. So going into research is a great plan because <laughs> you'll never run out of questions. So Alex, how about you? Where, where are you with further publications? I would definitely like to pursue further publications um, if I can. Like I say, this process has given me a lot more confidence in myself that I can produce work that is worth publishing. So, and I think publishing with veterinary evidence is process we are very supported and it's just quite a nice way to start being published I think um, so I'd definitely be interested in maybe writing another knowledge summary one day and I'm doing a research project next term as part of my degree as well which I'm fingers crossed maybe going to get a publication out of hopefully everything goes to plan so that would be quite exciting because we're looking at novel diagnostics for bovine TB which if it all goes to plan is quite exciting because obviously TB is like a really, really big problem in the UK cattle industry. So that would be great if I could get something published out of that, because that's where my main research interest is overall with everything. So that's kind of where I'm hoping to head at the moment. That's fantastic. And I think that's one of the things, too, that sounds like you all have taken away that it doesn't need to change the whole universe but there are lots of small steps that we need to take and that means that you can a project doesn't have to be massive and take years and years to produce some something worth publishing which is really great to know so we've been chatting for quite a while and i just really wanted to wrap up with the last few points from each of you about when a younger member of your vet school rings you up and says, I see you did 
well, you won the competition last year. What tips would you recommend that I go for it? Perhaps a couple of words from each of you about what you would say in response to that person. So if we start with Ellie. I would say to start with probably just go for it. Um, and if remember that there is always support at the at the end of the phone or at, like at the end of an email um, because everyone was really, really, really helpful. So I think, yeah, remembering that you're not doing it completely by yourself <laughs> and there is always someone to ask. And yeah, just just getting stuck in and making that start and taking that first step, because that's the hardest bit, I think, is like believing in yourself enough to take that step and think, no, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to answer that small question because um, it's going to make a difference in clinical practice. So, yeah. I'd say go for it and ask for help. That's great. That's really good advice. Just jump off into the unknown because there are lots of people to support you on your way down or up, hopefully. <laughs> Erina, what's your tips for the next generation? I would say my advice would be to pick something that you're passionate about, pick something that is a change that you want to see. Don't just go for something that you you think is maybe important to the industry because the chances are if you're passionate about it the likelihood is other people are too if it's a question that you have probably other practitioners are asking it as well and to not invalidate that you know i was i was overwhelmed by the response that i got from the paper and it made me realize you know this is something that that people people want to know and that people want to implement in their practice and that was so exciting to see so I would say picking a thing that you're passionate about is not only going to be really important for motivating you to get through the process um, but don't discredit you know what your idea is what your 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 question is um, and 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 having having something that you are really interested in is, is going to be so valuable for yeah getting you through the whole process as opposed to just thinking you know oh this is something that other people want to know and, and not being really on board with it it just it, it will make the whole process you know a lot more sluggish so I say yeah picking something that you're really interested in. That's a really perfect piece of advice thank you Alex. Um, similar to what the others have said, kind of jump straight in and choose something that you're really keen on so that you can keep yourself motivated. But also it's important, I think, to remember that if you start to feel discouraged, because like it is quite a big, quite a big thing to do, especially if you choose a question that gives you loads and loads of papers to read and you think I'm going to be here for the rest of my life reading these papers. There is always support available and don't be afraid to ask for support because there are so many people who want to help you and will give you great advice. And just having that motivation to stick it out, even when it gets quite difficult, because like I think Erin said earlier, even if like worst case scenario, then you will have learned something and that will make you a better vet. And best case scenario, then you're adding something to the profession that loads of other people will do. So there'll be loads more better vets out there. So even if you're finding it really tricky and you're thinking, oh, I just want to give up on this because it's so much work, then the reward is worth it because you will be making a difference to the industry and to your patients and other people's patients. And ultimately, like that's, I think, why we all entered the competition, because you want to make a difference to patients and give patients better outcomes. Thank you. So I've really enjoyed talking to you all. It's so motivating for me. Um, as I perhaps reach the twilight of my career to know that the profession is in safe hands with young, passionate 
vets or vets to be coming through who are going to drive the subject forward and give us more knowledge, better abilities to treat our patients effectively, better abilities to manage their pain, to make them the welfare better. So that is really fantastic to know and, and means that I can sleep more soundly at night, that I'm not leaving the profession and, and it will fall apart without me. So thank you so much. And um, I'm sure that we will um, hear from you all again in the future. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Veterinary Evidence. We publish freely available content relating to evidence-based veterinary medicine and its application to enhance the quality of patient care. Tweet us at RCBS Knowledge and learn more at veterinaryevidence.org.